3: Hey, everyone. This is Rohan. I just want to address some news you guys may have seen on Twitter already, but Michael Pina, the beloved host of Open Floor, is unfortunately no longer the host. He is leaving Sports Illustrated. Mike has been co-hosting this show since two thousand and nineteen and has done such a fantastic job. I know for myself it was incredibly, incredibly fun hosting the show with Mike. Uh, we really had a great time doing this show I was really excited like a lot of you for Mike to return from paternity leave so we could chop it up again so you could hear him and Chris chop it up as well but we wish Mike nothing but the best for his new role, his new job at The Ringer we know he's going to go out there and crush it Uh, in the meantime we're still going to bring you guys a show that you love listening to every week we hope Mike can still make an appearance sometime down the line until then Mike, good luck Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything that you brought to this show. We'll miss you, buddy. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor. I'm your host, Rohan Nakani, joined today by former staff writer. You know his work at Grantland Sports Illustrated. He's currently the host of two great podcasts, Greatest of All Talk, the GOAT podcast with Ben Goliver, which I'm sure you guys are very familiar with, as well as Sharp Tech. A new podcast with Stratechery. I, I never really know how to pronounce that word. I've never had to say it out loud before. Um, he's the Prince of You. You nailed it. He, he took the walk to <laughs> Poland. It's Andrew Sharp. Sharp, how's it going, buddy? Oh,
4: man, Ro, it's great to see you. It's great to be back with the Open Floor Globe. Yes, I am hosting The GOAT, and we're getting ready for the season, which somehow starts in six days. Um, so that's pretty crazy. People should subscribe to The GOAT. And I am. I, a whole new world of tech journalism, sharp tech. Uh, I'm hosting that with Ben Thompson, who writes Stratechery. And for anyone who doesn't know his work, Ben is probably the best tech journalist anywhere right now. So we're having fun. He's the expert and I'm the normie tech consumer who asks questions on behalf of regular people who use technology and can sense that all of this is changing the world, but don't understand some of the particulars.
3: It was, I really enjoyed the podcast. I think you had one, like it was how, um, how likely is an actual Terminator scenario? And I just watched <laughs> yep. Terminators 1 and 2 a couple weeks ago. I, it, it's right up my alley again. I think the Open Floor Globe, you're probably are familiar with Ben Thompson, who tweets a lot about the bucks from his mm. non-tech account, No Tech Ben. <laughs> um, so yes, please check out Andrew on those podcasts. Um, Sharp, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Um, mm. We're bringing back something that He Who Shall Not Be Named and I did together last year. Um it's our top 10 duos heading into the season list. Um, I, I just texted you. My, just write down your 10 best duos. I, I tried to keep the criteria uh, incredibly vague. Um, how, how are you feeling about your list in general?
4: Well, I'm I'm feeling good, although it's probably not a good sign for how thoroughly I approached this exercise that like five minutes before we came (laughs) on to tape, I remembered that Tatum and Jalen Brown exist and I had left them off my list entirely. But the criteria was ambiguous and that made it challenging. I tried to go for best duos and most successful duos, but also coolest duos. Mm. So I'm accounting for guys I like to watch, like to root for, and am excited to see in the upcoming season. Some of the duos out there are a little bit old hat to me. I sort of know <laughs> how their story ends, and so they were docked a couple places on my list.
3: Very interesting. I, I feel like our honorable mentions are going to be just as exciting to talk about um in terms of who actually made the list so uh, sharp i'm gonna let you kick it off do you want to give me your I, I hope you you at least put it in order i hope that was obvious
4: oh yeah okay. yeah no <laughs> i i have a couple different categories of omissions and honorable mentions Interesting. Um, first Interesting. of all off my list entirely Chris Paul and Devin Booker what? I've, I've had enough I know how the Chris Paul story is going to go in the playoffs we don't have to do the whole song and dance where we take the sun seriously during the regular season I I'm all set on that front so so the Suns they are, are, just are off my list out
3: on the suns entirely this year
4: I'm not out on Devin Booker. I'm out on almost all of his teammates. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. Like the preseason alone, it's been so like deflating watching these guys and watching how openly miserable DeAndre Ayton is. It's just, they're off my list. Okay. And uh,
3: along the same lines,
4: you know who else is off my list? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving.
3: Ooh, okay. I'm
4: sorry. They have not been that successful on the court together. The Nets have actually been better when it's just Kevin Durant. And off the court, they showed up at media day. KD's answers about his trade demand were so rough like across the board and saying oh we need more accountability in this organization after he refuses to take accountability for his public trade demand his you know quasi public demand that the Nets fired the coach and the GM like all of it was just completely ridiculous and then Kyrie is going off about the vaccine and everything I saw that and I was like you know I think I'm all set uh, wow. on this whole Brooklyn experiment. Uh, I would like to see k d do well and like aesthetically, I still love watching both of those guys, mm-hmm. but I have to penalize them for just how what's, unbearable they've what's been. What's the, the media.
3: opposite of like a symbiotic relationship? Do you remember when you learn about that in science, and it's like mm-hmm. these two organisms <laughs> join together <laughs> to make things better? For, what's yeah. the opposite of that? That's them. <laughs> yeah,
4: dragging each other down. <laughs> yeah. right? mutually yeah.
3: assured destruction. That's Kevin Durant I, and Kyrie Irving. Okay, I
4: think I think that's accurate. Okay, so those are my meanest cuts because obviously both KD and Kyrie and CP3 and Booker have a claim to like top 5 status mm-hmm. um the duo's watch list is another category so <laughs>
3: Franz, Wagner, Franz Wagner Franz oh. <laughs> Wagner
4: Yes, Franz and Paolo down in Orlando. I'm keeping my eye on those guys. I think if we did this next year, certainly the next two or three years, they are going to have a spot in the top 10. It's going to be very fun to watch those guys play off each other. Jalen Green and Tari Eason in Houston. Tari Eason, loving what I'm seeing from him in the preseason. There's always one
3: guy in the preseason that everyone gets so ridiculous about. I've seen... Heat fans tweeting about how Nikola Jovich needs to be the backup five. (laughs) And now it's Rocket Sands. And it's like Jabari Smith is right there. But it's like, no, it's Tari Eason. Okay.
4: Tari Eason looks like he's trying to tear the rim off the basket every time he dunks it. Love anybody who plays basketball that way. And Jalen Green, I think, could average like, Thirty a game in Houston. I I can't even imagine how bad the Rockets are going to be on defense. But I'm excited about year two Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey in Detroit. Mm. I think Jaden Ivey's probably a year or two away from being fully weaponized and unleashed on the league. But um Cade is ready now to go be I'm, like an All Star caliber I'm putting caliber Cade guy. and Marvin
3: Bagley on my duo's watch list. Wow. I'm believing in Bagley. I'm believing in Bagley. (laughs) I had Marvin Bagley on like my 2K team. I think I've told this story before on the pod. Um, When he was, it was before he was actually in the NBA, but I had one of those, user created rookie classes and I was just killing it with Marion Bagley, so I've been a big <laughs> fan ever since. And then I told him that in person. We did like a pre-draft interview and I was like, by the way, you're killing it at center on my 2K team. And I can tell you I can tell he loved it. So I'm still in on Bagley, dude. I'm still Oh
4: in. man. I respect the Bagley loyalty so much. Did <laughs> yeah. you create the the rookies or was it like generated by some nerd out there on the internet? No,
3: it was like, you know, Longhorns 82888, <laughs> like, he, he had the most upvoted draft class, so I so I downloaded his, yeah.
4: That's fantastic. Well, I'm not giving up on Bagley, yeah. and I love that you're even more in than I am. I'm pretty excited to see what this Pistons season turns into. I think a lot of people on the internet are like, I don't know, maybe the Pistons are asleep. I mean, I'm so going to
3: do the entertainment ranking stress I, and I think the Pistons are going to be high on my list, just out yeah. of an intrigue factor a lot.
4: I, that's the thing. It's actually really exciting to see a, a group of guys that we don't know that much about mm-hmm. and see like exactly how dominant Cade could be and some of the other guys up mm-hmm. there, Jalen Duran. Like, there are just a number of wild cards. So um, very okay. excited about the Pistons. Right. The other omissions, Anthony Edwards, I could not... Pick, Edwards and uh,
3: Towns was a tough one to leave off. But, yeah. But like, after I don't Towns know. wrote that letter to his girlfriend, were think we were both out on him.
4: A- oh, my God. So, yes. The, <laughs> I'm out on Cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've tried to, like, be diplomatic with Cat the last couple years and be like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely got a lot to prove, but maybe he can go do it. I'm out on Cat after the letter to his girlfriend where he was like, I'm gonna help you fund two companies and take and turn you from a girl to a woman. Sorry, who
3: has who has <laughs> like two great business ideas, let alone one? <laughs> like, I,
4: she's also independently successful and has plenty of money of her own. So I don't really understand what he's trying to go for there. Um, Rudy Gobert, also a guy that mm. I I considered including in lieu of Cat alongside Anthony <laughs> Edwards, but. Not sure I, I want to put that much faith in Rudy. And then uh, my final two genuinely difficult omissions, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young.
3: That was a tough one.
4: De'Aaron Fox and Keegan Murray. I think Keegan what? Murray's going to have a big year. What? I think the kids are going to have <laughs> a ridiculous. big year. Get on the bandwagon now. You, you would have
3: put Keegan over Sabonis already.
4: Yeah, I mean, Sabonis doesn't really move the needle for me, but I think Keegan-Murray, if he builds on what he was doing over the summer in Vegas and what he's been doing in the preseason, and he's just like a above average starter for them right out of the gates, the Kings could actually do some things. And so I'm I'm planting my flag early. Keegan-Murray is good and um, we'll see where this bandwagon goes. It do- doesn't generally end well when you hop on the Kings bandwagon in October, but maybe this year will be different.
3: So all I'll say is a couple of the people you left off are on my list. A couple of the people who you mentioned, I also left off. Townsend Edwards probably being a big one. I'll go with one more omission I had, and that's Cyan Williamson and Brandon Ingram did Ooh. not make my list, and they... I mean, that was the toughest one probably for me. And then right behind them were DeJounte and Trey. I just need to see DeJounte and Trey first. I'm not convinced about their duo capabilities. Like, individually, they're both very talented. But together, I'm not sure. Also, the same problem last year is I almost put Luca plus any other Maverick, like pick a Mav, Mm. on my list. But I think that's cheating the game. The Mavs don't have a duo. They have Luca, And it's very successful for them. That's no... No shade, but you, you, Luca does not really have a number two.
4: The issue in Dallas is any number two that you choose is going to be so depressing that you can't put them in the top 10. It's like Luca and Christian, Christian Wood. Wood. Yeah. Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. coming
3: off another but, injury. Luca and
4: Kleber, though? Come on. Uh, look, I, I'm a Maxi Cleaver guy. I've been a believer for many years. I want Luka... to know why
3: everyone can say Maxi Kleber's last name perfectly, but they struggle with mine my entire life. It's like every announcer nails the German <laughs> accent. They're like, Cleaver. I'm like, what is happening? Well... <laughs>
4: I think the lesson there is you need to link up with Luca and yeah, find a way true. to work your way into the mass rotation. True, true. And, and frankly, you have a better chance this year than at any point <laughs> during Luca's young career. So get down to Dallas.
3: Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about who is not on the list. Sharp, give me your number 10 duo.
4: Okay, number 10, Nikola Jokic and Bruce Brown what? out there in Denver. What? <laughs>
3: Can I explain my logic? You already you already overthought this, I can tell. (laughs) Don't worry about it. This is incredible. Oh, I went outside the box. Okay, (laughs) okay. Give me your Jokic Brown argument.
4: Here is my rationale. I don't want to jinx things with Jamal Murray. There are a lot of people out there who are like I can't believe the Nuggets over under is 48. Like, they're definitely going to go out and be a 50-win team. Maybe they'll have the best record in the West. Like, get ready. The Nuggets are back at full strength. And I want to believe that all of that is true, but I just am wary anytime a player misses like a year and a half of basketball and even early on like the reports from from Jamal Murray in the preseason have been sort of mixed and so I'm just I'm proceeding with caution but Jokic has to be on the list mm. and Jokic he's incredible with Jamal Murray and if Jamal Murray is 100% halfway through the season then Jokic and Murray are in the top five duos for me because they both make each other better and it's really great to watch them play off one another. But along those lines, I think Bruce Brown is a perfect running mate with Jokic, all those mm-hmm. back door cuts and everything. He's going to be bringing... setting
3: screens. Yep.
4: Exactly. Like watching those two together is going to be really, really entertaining this year. And as excited as I am about the potential of a healthy Jamal Murray, I'm equally excited about Bruce Brown off the bench in Denver just wreaking havoc with, with Jokic as the quarterback out there.
3: I mean, I, I guess I'll describe it as an inspired choice for your number 10 duo. <laughs> um, I'm, everyone knows how I feel about the Joker. I mean, I've been calling Bruce Brown my favorite offseason signing um, of the summer. A-plus. I think that the Nuggets had my favorite in Bruce Brown and my least favorite in DeAndre Jordan. But Bruce Brown was... A- <laughs> I totally oh, forgot they signed yeah, DeAndre yeah. Jordan. <laughs> so did their PA announcer, who called him DeAndre Aiden the other night.
4: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um,
3: rough. Very rough. But I'm all the way in on Bruce Brown. I think Bruce Brown's going to end up closing more fourth quarters than Michael Porter Jr. Okay. I think the KCP, Bruce Brown, Gordon, Joker, Murray lineup is going to be huge for the Nuggets. I mean, I'm all in on Bruce Brown. That's exactly the kind of player they've needed. I think him and KCP are really going to change. What they're doing defensively in a positive way, so it's an interesting pick, certainly, Andrew. (laughs) But uh, I respect it. I'm, I'm so excited to see where the list goes from here. My number ten is a safe one, and I put them. My hedge was putting them at ten, so I went with Katie and Kyrie at number ten.
4: Okay, yeah. I mean, I I, I think that's a good pick. It's
3: still Kevin Durant. You know, me putting them at ten is accounting for all like the nonsense. And BS that they're going to put us through during the entire season. We know Kyrie's going to miss 20 games. I mean, Katie, it's it's outside from the Achilles now. It's also been one health issue and after another the last few years. So that that's kind of my hedge on them. But I, I couldn't leave them off the list. And it's it's Katie's carrying Kyrie here. I also want to be clear that some of these duos, like one guy is so good, kind of like Joker Brown, like one guy's so good that you can't leave him off. Katie's mm-hmm. so good. And with Kyrie, I I just can't leave him off.
4: Yeah, and I probably would have given them sort of a legacy nod here (laughs) if they hadn't mailed in that first-round series quite as aggressively as they did last year. Like... (laughs) Kyrie played amazing in game one and was straight up bad. It was kind of like after they lost game one, he
3: was like, ah, well, nevertheless. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And
4: then I don't know. I've never seen KD look that passive in like a big game situation. He wasn't attacking the rim. And I was like, is he hurt? Like, so, Maybe all of it was just like a nightmare season last year and that's the best explanation for how lifeless they looked in the first round. Um I don't know I don't know what to make of the Nets. I'm going to go in with an open mind, but I couldn't put them on my list for for the the duos here.
3: I mean, I'm kind of terrified of them. That I, I mean, there's that video, have you seen the video going around of Simmons today shooting in the park? <laughs> yeah. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs>
4: Can I ask you would you feel better about the nets if Ben Simmons just wasn't involved?
3: Fascinating. Fascinating question. I'd feel if they had like a you know like an average 3 and D guy, I guess in his place, I'd still be high on them. Yeah. But there's like a there's still like a potential mystery what what can they do here with Simmons that makes them intriguing? You know what I mean? Like if they can really unlock it it's kind of like oh, like this. It's like a hidden gem kind of situation.
4: Yeah. Well, and they really need his defense. Yeah. They're gonna struggle to guard basically anybody uh, outside of Simmons in that in that starting five. Yeah.
3: I mean, if they end up playing Harris, Simmons, Royce O'Neal, Katie, and Kyrie together, that'll be an interesting five.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It, Simmons can be such a sideshow, though. Mm-hmm. That I just yeah. feel like. I would feel more confident about their ability to be a coherent basketball team if he were just not involved. (laughs) You could flip him into like a slightly above average wing defender. I don't even need all defense, Ben Simmons or whatever. I can't believe Ben Simmons made all NBA a couple years ago. I mean, what he a ridiculous was really good.
3: He was ridiculous. Yeah, it's... Um...
4: He was fine. Never oh, been a wow. Simmons guy. Been validated. Yeah, right side of history on that one. He was always good, but he was like 35th best player in the NBA. I not... don't
3: know that this is true because I'm pretty sure me, you, and... Ben Golliver once had a massive argument in our group chat about how, like, Embiid was way better or something. Oh, God, I don't remember the details. I think you were
4: team Embiid. You were team Embiid. I was just, I was team (laughs) these guys are not going to play well together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's been a a fun journey in Philadelphia. We'll get to the Sixers on my list.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events with access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority notified, and Amex Card member benefits at select events. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
1: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher.
2: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of Steel Battery Tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC
1: Radio 4,
2: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
3: All right, so give me your number 9 duo.
4: All right, so this one might hit close to home for you. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo.
3: Number 9. Okay, interesting.
4: Yes, and I considered swapping Adebayo with Max Strus because I really <laughs> like Jimmy and Strus together. Is loose? Yeah. The Strus is loose. Absolutely right. So, my biggest issue and the reason they're not higher is I trust Jimmy with my life when the chips are down. Bam out of bio in that Celtics series whoa, whoa, was whoa, really whoa, all over whoa, the place. Whoa, whoa, okay. Whoa. I wasn't sure what I was getting night to night, and I was expecting him to take a step forward last year that didn't quite happen. He's very good. He's an all-star, but I'm not sure he's an all-NBA type player. Um whoa. And- it's fine. I don't even know whether he's actually made all NBA or not, but I just, I, I, his offense leaves me cold. And um, I think when the heat needed him to be great, like he did have a couple phenomenal games against this against the Celtics, but it just, the consistency wasn't quite there. And I couldn't figure out why, because I've been high on bam for years now.
3: Well, obviously I think that's blasphemous. Jimmy and bam will appear on my list a little bit higher and great. I mean I think the proof is in the success they've had on the court. They made the finals their first year together. You know, I I'm kind of giving them a pass on the twenty-one season, which you know, they had the very short turnaround. Jimmy has COVID in the middle of the year, or whatever. And then last year they're one shot away from making the finals. Vam is a huge game seven. <laughs> Um, yep. he's, a, I believe he is a huge 30 point game after people like you are talking about Bam can't play offense, going on their podcasts, you know, guys who've never played the game <laughs> talking about <laughs> what Bam can do. And, uh, he responded you know, that game, Jimmy missed the second half. Bam was huge that game. Um, yeah. so I, I think that his offense is in, is up and down in part because, and I'm hoping to write about this soon, but I don't. I think the team is purposefully trying not to. I, I think that Spo has become masterful in like deflecting any questions about Bam offensively. Like, you know, he 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 does like bits in press conferences now. Like he did, he like last year he like put on his glasses like very dramatically and like read a box score and he's like, oh, that's why you guys <laughs> think Bam didn't have a great game, like. Which I oh think my it, god yeah. it's such
4: a spo classic yeah, yeah if you just look at the box score <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't really understand yes. what we're all so about they're,
3: they're trying to obfuscate it but i think that they are i think that that's i wouldn't say it's by design that he doesn't score more but i don't think they're also necessarily asking him all the time hey shoot more do this but i'm with you i do think that if they're going to take the next step up as a duo bam does need to score more and, and i think it just starts with shooting more i think the real problem is he just He's not even passive, but he's not necessarily looking for a shot when he should be. He has such mm-hmm. a like a athletic advantage over people. But we'll get to Jimmy and Bam on my list. But I personally think that's too low. I'm mad at you. Okay. And number nine <laughs> on my list is James Harden and Joel Embiid.
4: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Why aren't they higher? I mean, well, we <laughs> just saw them
3: lose to Jimmy and Bam in the playoffs. You yeah. know, I feel like every year it's a different reason why Harden's going to be MVP Harden again. And it's possible he does look to be in great shape. Maybe the hamstring is healthy, but at the, I agree that most of them have been fluky, but the, Embiid does have an injury history, whether you like want to believe it or not. And Harden is probably, honestly, out of everyone on this list, the shakiest playoff performer, maybe outside of Kyrie. Mm. And, I mean, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Harden last year when Embiid was out. i not even that I expected the Sixers to win those games, but I mean Harden was just another guy on the floor. So yeah, I I I think there's potential for them to be great, but I, we saw a good chunk of it and we haven't really seen that brilliance yet.
4: I think that's um Fair across the board. A lot of fluky injuries for Embiid and the people who point to all the different freak accidents as a a reason to trust his health going forward. Like, I don't know if you just have a a long history of having fluky injuries, you are injury prone, even if it's not like a structural issue in, in one area of your body or another. And so it's a concern going forward. It's reasonable. I want to see him have One healthy playoff run Mm -hmm. before things are all said and done. Now, um, I still have faith in Embiid, and he's higher on my list, mainly because I'm sentimental, and I I like Joel Embiid. Uh, James Harden, (laughs) I am not sentimental. And (laughs) this dude, I mean, what a fraudulent performance against the Heat last year. He... (laughs) had one game where he had 31 9 and 7 in game 4 i believe and everybody was like this is the best playoff performance of James Harden's career like people were falling all over themselves this is the guy we've wanted to see and he follows that up with 14 on 5 of 13 shooting and 11 points in the uh, game I 6 i believe he that got outscored
3: lost. by Struess and Tucker in that game 6 I didn't
4: even know that he was on the floor in that game six. I don't know how many shots he took after halftime. It could not have been more than like two or three. And he's had so many of those moments that like, I refuse to trust this dude. (laughs) And the chips are not. He's the exact opposite of the Jimmy Butler story. Mm -hmm. Harden is so skilled in so many different ways. And, and for the last 10 years could have been either the best or second or third best player in the NBA. But he's got a ton of baggage when you get to the playoffs, and and yet you have this CT3. guy,
3: and yet you have this guy over Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio. I, I don't... do I
4: do I oh, have this guy? Oh, interesting. Yes, interesting. we will come back to oh, the Sixers.
3: No. <laughs> all right, all right. So get, all right. So to recap, I got Katie and Kyrie, and Beat and Harden. You have Joker and Murray, or Joker and Brown rather, and Jimmy and Bam. Give me your number eight duo.
4: All right, so this is the one I feel most guilty about. Steph Curry and Draymond Green wow. are number eight. Wow. And I am, this is a speculative pick. I, I think things are going to be weird with Draymond for most of the year. I think back to the finals when Draymond just wasn't very good for long stretches of that series. And I worry that that's sort of a new reality that he's going to be inhabiting. He did come up huge, like halfway through that series and sort of, gather himself and respond in like a incredibly impressive way. Like I was a hall of fame performance from Draymond had there, if there were any doubt about where he ranks historically and whether he's a hall of famer, I think he answered it in the second half of that series. Like he punked, the entire Celtics team, really. And um, so I'm not that down on Draymond. And honestly, if he hadn't been such a weirdo and punched Jordan Poole last week, they would definitely be in my top five. But now I'm just like not really sure what we're getting. And so Steph, it's not a full Luca where any <laughs> potential like duo pair is depressing, but it, there's just not really, like, a worthy sidekick in, in Golden State for the purposes of this list.
3: It's very interesting. Steph and Dre are going to appear on my list, in and in, I think in a manner that's going to shock you. Oh, wow. Um, but I, the punch is weird, man. The punch is weird. I don't know. I think if there's one team that's... Equipped to handle it, it's the Warriors. I think Kerr is the kind of person who can get them through it. They've obviously dealt with all kinds of crazy ups and downs over the last eight years, including with Green himself. I mean, the thing is, we can talk about it, it's going to come down to how Jordan Poole feels about it, and we don't really know that answer. But if uh, it was hard for me to, I think you're doing the right thing. There's a weird, there's a weird cloud over them. I just tried to imagine if that went away where would i have them and that's how i went with mm-hmm. my ranking but i agree that it, it could be a tumultuous season I, who knows and and, I, and no i hate to be the guy that's like on a podcast like it could really go either way like, it's not <laughs> no sometimes it's not that's interesting a take. but uh who who knows man it's a what a strange situation that is i mean it, it's weird because it happens but then you see all the other nba players who are like shocked about it and it's... Well, that's the thing that
4: I find interesting. It's like it happens, and then there are the immediate reactions on Twitter where people are like, oh my God, this is so violent and unforgivable. Not sure I really agree with that. But then there are also the people who are like, everybody who's freaking out needs to just chill. It's sports. This happens. It's not a normal workplace. Like, this is just part of the deal sometimes. That isn't true either. Like you had <laughs> NBA players being like, no, I mean, I haven't seen this happen yeah. in my entire career. And like it, Draymond hasn't done that to anyone else yeah. in Golden State over the last he 10 is, years. He
3: hasn't even to an opponent. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
4: So it, it is a thing and it's going to be really interesting to see how they resolve it. I mean, this is one of the greatest teams of all time that we're watching out there. So the next few steps are going to be pretty fascinating.
3: Alright, well my number eight, you left off your list entirely, and it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't I don't want to dwell on them, but I believe in Chris Paul. I'm sorry. I you talk about sentimental. I'm a Chris Paul believer and I just I need him to get one. I need him to get one before it's all said and done. I really do. I I love people will get annoyed with him and I get it, but I personally love the competitiveness.
4: Okay, so get one what at this point? Like a playoff series victory or? (laughs) Listen,
3: I think we all agree that if the Mavs and Suns played that game 100 times, the Suns are winning like 90 of them. I I
4: don't know if I do agree with that. I would have agreed with that if the Suns could have kept it within 25 throughout most of game
3: seven. That Um, That game like three minutes in, I was there. I'm not joking. Everyone was like, oh, it's over. Like Luca hit a pull up three, and everyone was like, This is done.
4: <laughs> I just don't understand what happened to the psyche of that team. I mean, there are rumors that like half the team had COVID and maybe that was part of it. I just don't know exactly. And um it's anytime, one of the craziest basketball things I've ever seen.
3: Anytime your team loses so badly that there there's like a rumor that maybe half of them had a deadly illness. It's a <laughs> totally it's a not ideal. <laughs> it's like maybe yeah. yeah, maybe they half of them were dying. I like I it's uh it was no, the they, most shocking NBA game I'd ever seen in person for sure. It's
4: it's that and then sometimes a season will go so far off the rails that fans will be like did somebody sleep with someone else's wife? <laughs> like what happened here? That was a Pacers special about 10 years ago. So yeah, uh it it was a dark situation last year with Phoenix and I just am getting such horrible vibes. Like, Devin Booker opening the preseason by tweeting out or by Instagramming oh, the video LeBron of LeBron. Oh, man.
3: <laughs> and and what are you going... Like, using that bullet in the preseason is right. so rough. It's so <laughs> not rough. a
4: good sign. Everybody go back to your sad lives. Okay, man. Um, I, I love Booker, though, and I, I he has gotten better every year. And he fights on defense. I, I really admire mm-hmm. the what he's built out in Phoenix. So I want good things for him, but I just feel like this is going to be kind of a a rough year out there.
3: I'm going to drop my number seven team too, only because it's a duo we already talked about, and that's Jimmy and Bam. And okay, I'm just I'm all in on Jimmy after his last playoff run. I thought he was masterful, and I think he's shown that that he can be that guy in a playoff series. Like if you switched Jimmy and Tatum. I think the Celtics still win that series. Um,
4: Uh, Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You think the Celtics win? Um, Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. they definitely win, and they probably win the title.
3: Yeah. So I just think that Jimmy can be the best player on a championship team, and I think, bam, another guy who's gotten better every year of his career. I think he's still only, what, 25? I think he still has another leap to make. And I think that offensive leap that everyone is looking for is coming this year. So that's my number seven. Can you give me your number seven sharp?
4: I will give you my number seven in a moment. I will just say that I pulled up Bam's game log. He did alternate double digits and single digits throughout the Eastern conference finals and the games where he was single digits. He took like five shots, six shots. The other thing to remember about game seven is how, unbelievable that Celtics collapse would have been. It was oh my like God. one of I would the have, biggest choke I would jobs. Have,
3: I would have texted Pino about it literally every single day for the rest of my life.
4: I was like, is this really happening? Like, this can't be real. That it would, would have been the been, craziest thing I'd better, ever seen in sports. That would have
3: been better than any of the Heat's three championships. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been more satisfying. So close. Yeah, so um, close. Dude, when Jimmy oh. took that shot, I, don't, I think, I don't even know how, like there was no... Scale or instrument in the universe that could have measured my uh, anxiety or heart rate (laughs) when (laughs) Jimmy pulled up for that shot.
4: Yeah, well, I was worried because it was like Jimmy had been having an out-of-body experience for most of that series, and once he pulled up, I was like, I don't know if he's got this in the bag, but um, I respect the audacity for Jimmy Butler. Perfectly on brand. Um, My number seven is Darius Garland and Evan Mobley out there in Cleveland.
3: Wow, ahead of Jimmy and Bam, ahead of Katie and Kyrie. Here's the thing, bro.
4: Here is the thing. This is not like, oh, fun young players. Like, I just think Darius Garland is an all-star caliber guard right now. He's a great distributor. He's a great shooter. He can play honor off the ball and put pressure on the defense. And I think Evan Mobley is going to come out and just, like, terrorize people defensively, offensively, as a distributor, as a wing defender for the Cavs. He's going to be all over the place. And so, if anything, seven might be too low for these two guys. I've been very high on Garland and Mobley their entire career. And um, I think this is the year it starts to get pretty real out there.
3: Wow. That's a... That's a good pick. They weren't even in my honorable mentions, which is tough because, I mean, I was thinking about Mitchell, too. Mm-hmm. That's a—I think the Cavs are going to be really good. And I, I do, too. I, you know, some people were like, I, what did you think of the trade? Because I thought it was a no-brainer home run. Very happy for that move.
4: So I've never been a huge Mitchell guy, and you weren't high
3: on him coming out of the draft.
4: (laughs) I I actually was high on him coming (laughs) out of the draft, but um, he—he's like one of the reasons I liked him coming out of the draft. Honestly, is because uh, I thought he would be a really good defender. Like he has the tools to Mm -hmm. be a really good defender, and as soon as he became an above-average scorer and like an all-star caliber offensive player. He just stopped caring on defense, and, and that kind of freaks me out when I'm projecting like who he's going to be throughout his prime. But if there was any team that was going to trade for him, I think trading for him when you already have three rock-solid building mm-hmm. blocks in place and not having to give up any of those guys is the best-case scenario. And so it, it, it was a calculated risk that I think made a lot of sense for Cleveland because it's not like they were going to bring in anybody else. Of, no, they had like, no chance of acquiring
3: bowl. a talent like that. So no, I was all for it.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the Centurion lounge, Resi priority notified and Amex card member benefits at select events. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with AMAX.
1: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust.
2: Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
1: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
2: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
3: All right, I'm going to give you my number six. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis.
4: They are six on my list there also. There we go.
3: There we go. You just The rest of the roster is such a mess that you it makes you forget just how good those two guys are.
4: Yes, and I don't know whether you find yourself trending this direction, but I can't fight the nagging thought in the back of my mind that maybe the Lakers aren't gonna be a complete disaster this year and can be like a forty five win team but in isn't the that West. a disaster
3: for a LeBron team?
4: It is, but that's how that's how low the bar is <laughs> after how how terrible last season was. Like, I, they've just been such a, a incredible punchline for most of the LeBron tenure out there, really. Like, they had one incredible year, and then things have gone off the rails for one reason or another every other season. And the Westbrook deal, I I thought when they did it, I was like, well, there goes LeBron's twilight. And yeah. They just lit that on fire. But AD is so good when he's healthy, and LeBron is so good when he's healthy, that if they can get, like, 65 games together, I, I look at them uh, compared to a team like the Mavs, I don't necessarily think the Mavs are going to mm-hmm. be, like, head and shoulders above the Lakers. Yeah. And so I uh, they are included as a legacy pick and, and, and out of respect for how great those two guys are when I mean, they're healthy. I,
3: you'd still want the two of them on any team. I, I just... I hope they trade Russ, and I feel bad. He's such a scapegoat, and it's like, it's obviously he's not the only problem, but his presence is like a domino effect and creates all these other problems. I mean, this also doesn't excuse the fact that, like, Lonnie Walker was their mid-level signing. I've talked about this a million times now, but, like, get someone who like Bruce Brown or Otto Porter who plays both mm-hmm. offense and defense on the mid-level, you know, and it's just over and over again, they make weird signings, one-way guys, and it's like, literally all you need around lebron and ad are 3 and d players that's it like <laughs> that's it like those two are enough like just get competent 3 and d guys around them and every year they fail to that even their title year like the reason that worked is cuz like everyone was like rondo was shooting better than expected ad especially was shooting better than expected like they've never really built the right roster for those two guys
4: yeah well and the title year they had the closest thing to what could be the right roster it yes. was like Let's win ugly. Yeah. We're gonna grind people Kuzma, down. KCP, yeah, yeah, and let LeBron and AD cook in the half court to put us over the top mm-hmm. on offense, and um, that worked. <laughs> and they just gutted the roster the the following off season. And, and the I, thing I is, think the next
3: year's team was also pretty good. <laughs> and they that, but dude, it was a weird COVID year, and they were like, oh well.
4: They totally overreacted, yeah, totally. and I still can't believe how catastrophic the Westbrook decision was. And I think it was honestly the reason I don't feel bad is that it was LeBron driving that yeah. decision, so it is what it is. I, I think it, it's if, I would it's, say it's different than like the Bulls and Reinsdorf, like. Breaking up the the Jordan Bulls like this was LeBron had a hand in in the demise out there.
3: It's one of the worst trades in NBA history, is what it is. When you just consider like <laughs> hands down who it who it ruined and all those things, it's rough. All right, my number five duo. We're headed uh, to the Rockies. We got Joker and Murray at number five. Okay, I'm a believer I mean, in Murray. I think that I think that this is a case where the extra time is going to help him. He's had plenty of time to recover. I think he's going to be ready to go. And, I mean, the Joker's Joker, man. He's going to get an incredible performance out of whoever he's playing with. Uh, their pick and roll. I remember one time talking to Michael Malone about the Joker-Murray pick and roll. And, he like, just the glee on his face when he talked about how successful it was. <laughs> was incredible. <laughs> like, we were talking about that Utah series. And I was like, when you guys were running those, uh, you know murray joker picking rolls against utah and murray was sitting the screens and the smile on his face he's like yep <laughs> 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 it was just one of the funniest things i've ever seen from an nba coach so just based on that one play alone it's so fun Great. to watch them play together I, got, I had to put joker and murray at number five
4: they they play so well off each other and i I really hope Jamal Murray can come back at 100% mm-hmm. because watching those two is just the best. They might um, play
3: better off of each other than any two players on this list in my opinion. It's just Yeah, yeah. it's
4: the, they're in Steph and Draymond territory, yes, yes. which is high, high
3: praise. Um are you a Bones Highland guy? I'm I'm a Bones Highland guy, but I'm not in on the Bones Highland height. Like people are like taking it a step too far and I feel like mm. it's only going to hurt his career because it's going to be tough for him to defend in a playoff series. Also, I'm seeing things like Bones is like, you got to play me and Michael Porter Jr. together. And I'm like, you sure about that? Like, <laughs> You sure this is the nugget you want to like kind of attach yourself to? Like, Are we sure MPJ is going to be on that team uh, this time next year? Um, he might have the worst contract
4: in the entire NBA. And for me, he's definitely in the Ben Simmons category of like, would I like this team more if this guy just I, wasn't I here? I would like
3: the team more if they traded him for Harrison Barnes.
4: Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. it's And it's not because of his weird YouTube conspiracy stuff or some of the stuff he gets into off the court. It's just like I don't think he's ever going to be good on defense Agreed. And, and, and at least with Jokic at least
3: it, once a game you can see the disdain on Jokic's face for some because of something Michael Porter Jr. did at least once a night just utter disgust
4: yeah he's he's just so stiff and yeah. I just don't think he's ever gonna be useful on that end and and not a like glaring hole yeah. and I I love what the Nuggets have done elsewhere on the roster very excited about KCP mm-hmm. Bruce Brown um Even Christian Brown, their rookie, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what that team turns into, but it all comes down to health at the top of the roster for sure.
3: So give me your number five duo.
4: Number five, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Wow. Many would have them higher. I cannot shake how average the Celtics offense looked through the second half of the finals. And Jason Tatum, people said he was exhausted because of the Olympics, and he may have had like a shoulder thing. It's hard to say what happened, but man, oh man, it got really bad. (laughs) It feels like they left a title on the table, and who knows whether Jalen Brown wants to be in Boston long term. They are definitely in the top five, and I wouldn't be mad at anybody who has them higher. Um, But I think what made the Celtics special last season was the defense, and the defense was a function of Robert Williams and what he brought to the table midway through the year, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Tatum and Jalen, but they weren't necessarily like the straws stirring the drink defensively, so... Um, I'm just, I'm not going to overreact to the, to the finals run last year. I think they're both very, very good. Jalen is an all-star. Tatum is a perennial all-NBA guy, but, um, I don't know that like Tatum is an MVP candidate. Uh, so maybe he'll prove me wrong this year.
3: Has there been a more fraudulent in the analytics era defensive player of the year than Marcus Smart?
4: No, but I like that, honestly. I like that we're deviating from the numbers. In the analytics era, if you go by the numbers, it's every year it's Rudy Gobert or some other big guy. I think
3: Robert Williams was the best defender on that team. I'm not even going to get into it, really, but that was an insane pick. That was an insane pick. Anybody who voted for Time
4: Lord is cool with me.
3: That was a true uh, Democratic People's Republic of Boston (laughs) propaganda (laughs) I called, I told Herring last week, who told me he voted for sharp or for smart. I was like, that was, you were the victim of misinformation. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a Russian Facebook op. Got Marcus Uh, Smart, defensive player of the year. Wow. Okay. So that's your number four or number five? That was your number five. That's
4: number five.
3: All right. Tell me your number four.
4: Number four, Joel Embiid and we are ejecting James oh Harden God. from the duo and going with Tyrese Maxey. At number I, four? I'm sorry, man. Blown away by Maxey wow. preseason highlights. What is this? You're
3: like, I don't want to overreact to the NBA playoffs, but NBA preseason <laughs> highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: Tari Eason, future yeah. all-NBA guy down there in Houston. Um, no, Maxey, he's fearless and he's gotten better each year and if that continues this year he's going to be an all-star because 15 to 20 percent better than what he was a year ago is like a really really good player the question is can he ever be average on defense i don't know if he can get there but if he can he's just going to be a full-on superstar um and i love him as a as a pint-sized sidekick to joel mb that this is more about how much i enjoy watching those two together than it is about them being better than jason tatum and jalen brown if i'm a gm i take tatum and jalen but as a fan give me maxi and joel Embiid.
3: i mean i love maxi it's i think he's already so much better than tyler hero someone who i for some reason just continue to dump on on this podcast Mm. um Maxie's right. very good. <laughs> A lot of people are already coming out with the take that Maxie's the second best player on the Sixers. I'm interested to see how that shakes out in the backcourt this year. Um also what it's going to be like if Embiid and you know PJ Tucker are good enough defensively to cover up for major maxi and harden minutes together in the playoffs is gonna be interesting, but I like where your head is at, dude. You're like, I just, you're like, uh, give me the pure Hoopers, you know. I don't. You know, <laughs> this is that's you, what I'm you, about, man. You'd be great on the Ball Don't Stop podcast. Oh God. <laughs> sure.
4: I'll, I'm willing to hop on yeah. whatever if that not, guy wants to have it. Not all
3: representation is good representation. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> wow, well, okay. Um,
4: Ice cold for Ro. Um Who's your number four?
3: My number four is Giannis Attentacumpo and Drew Holiday. Ooh, yes. interesting. Okay, make the case. I mean, it's the Greek freak. We saw what him and Drew did together last year, taking the Celtics to seven games, and they probably win if they have, like, the third best player on the team is not Bobby Portis. I mean, no shade Mm. to Bobby Portis, but like Brooke Lopez is creaky back. They have Portis, Wes Matthews, who played his ass off, but is also like in his mid thirties. Grayson Allen inexplicably still starting every game, even though he was terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think Drew, I would rather have Drew than Middleton, even though Middleton is obviously very, very, very good. Um, Just that sequence Drew had, At the end of that game five, when he uh, blocks the shot, yeah, yeah, (laughs) he gets he he knocks the ball out of bounds on Smart, and then strips him coming back down the floor. Their next possession, Um, I was in the building when Drew made the steal on Devin Booker. I I think is a iconic Finals play, Um, and throwing up the lob to Giannis. So. Yeah, it's it was tough to put them this low, frankly, because it's Giannis. But yeah, uh, and I you know I'm a little bit worried about Drew and uh, Drew Holiday is going to make eight shots no matter how many shots he takes. So Mm he either go eight of sixteen or eight of twenty six. But and that that worries me a little about them as a duo. But I mean, it's Giannis and Drew.
4: I I remember too many eight of twenty-six performances from Drew Holiday yes. to to elevate him to the number two on the bucks. So I had Middleton and Giannis number two on my list. Ooh, okay. Because um, first of all, it's a sentimental pick. If you go back to the Bucks title run midway through the Hawks series, Giannis had an, an incredible answer about go in a battle with Chris Middleton and growing up through the years Mm. and always staying connected through all sorts of different changes and setbacks. And it was just one of those, one of those press conferences where you're like, man, I love basketball. Like this is awesome. Um, And so I still look at those guys and look at everything they've been through and I can't help but root for them. Giannis is obviously my favorite player in the world and Middleton during that Sun Series, some of the shots he was hitting mm-hmm. were just, like, out of this world. Yeah, two big-time and they daggers, needed that. big-time daggers. They, they needed that against Boston, and had he been healthy, I do think they'd probably get the, the win in that series, even though that's, like, the most popular take in basketball media, so I'm <laughs> not exactly out on a limb, but... I hope he comes back healthy. Uh, I think Giannis has to be on the list. So whether you choose Middleton or Drew, you're on solid ground because both those guys
0: are great. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets, real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of the global story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: So, who's your number four?
4: Okay, so um, four was Maxie. That's and right. Bede. So,
3: okay, we're on number three. We're on number three. For the record, my number three is Tatum and Brown.
4: Okay. Solid.
3: Um, yeah. You just—I mean—we saw what they just did. I think Tatum, unfortunately, is going to be an MVP candidate for years to come. <laughs> unfortunately. And I, and, and, uh, I love Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown, but I do wonder how long they're going to stay together. All right. So who's your number three? Number
4: three: Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Ooh. Still it's still to an come an on my list. Pick. Yeah. I, I I just find myself really excited to watch those guys in LA this year. Mm -hmm. And I think they have, they have to prove that they can stay healthy through an entire playoff run. Um, But man, oh man, they are so much fun to watch in the regular season. And even in the preseason, like they just annihilated the wolves in the first half of their preseason game earlier this week. Um, So I am just really excited about both those guys. And I think Paul George is pretty comfortable with his station in the NBA these days. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi is like aesthetically the closest thing we've had to Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in terms of how brutally efficient he is from the mid post. And I love watching people play basketball that, that way yeah. and in a, in a league where everybody is taking like forty threes a game, watching Kawhi zag and be utterly dominant. Um, is really satisfying as a basketball fan.
3: So that was your number three. Yep. Your number two is Giannis and Middleton. Yes. I have no idea who your number one is. My number two is Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Okay. And I just think at the end of the day, you put those two together on a basketball court, there's some kind of chemistry. It's the opposite of Katie and Kyrie. It's You put them on a court together, and you're like, something magical is happening. We saw them thrive last year uh even before clay joined the team and it's just that you know to what draymond's defense his attitude and that, that's what i've been like you know people like how could draymond do this his edge has been a key to their success like they don't win if he doesn't have the attitude he has it's not an excuse for him punching anyone but an integral part of their success is draymond being like Oh, I'm 6-7, but I can guard any center in the league and do a great mm-hmm. job. I mean, I don't think I've seen any defender individually do a better job on Jokic than Draymond did. Um, and he doesn't have the physical tools necessarily to do that. So, it, their pick and roll remains one of the deadliest actions in basketball history. Yeah, I just I think if I wanted to win a championship right now, I'd have a harder time thinking of two people I'd rather have than Steph and Dre just because the track record is there.
4: Yeah, it's a good take. And speaking again as a basketball fan, it's just so much fun watching those guys mm-hmm. play off each other. Draymond always knows where Steph is going to be, and it's like, you know, beautiful music watching yeah. them on offense. It's like and watching- it sounds.
3: It's like watching Dave Matthews' band jam on two-step. You know? I, I don't <laughs> know
4: about that. Can't <laughs> get there with Dave. Um, but it it is the type of thing that I'm going to like lecture my kids about yes, one day yes. where it's like, go on YouTube and watch 10 minutes of Draymond and Steph highlights. That's how you play offense. It's this, this ISO bullshit, step back threes. Like, whatever. Draymond and Steph did it right. Um, I can't wait to be that guy. And with Steph... Um, he, he, I mean, he's the best show in basketball, and mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that Draymond does come back mm-hmm. a, and play at a, an above-average level and stay healthy. The health is, is as big of a worry as the chemistry yeah. on Draymond's side because w- you're right that at 6'8", he's been, like, guarding centers and doing it really effectively for the better part of the last 10 years, and that does take a toll on I his I mean, body. it's a
3: shame because he's had to kind of in many ways, endure the most physically to make that team go and he might pay the price because of the contract thing and they'll be like, hey, you're not the same player you used to be, which is, you know, that's the nature of sports. But yeah, I hope they never break up either, to be honest. I know that some people are saying it might be his last year and he wants to play for the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. I hope they never break up. I love when teams stay together. They've been awesome this entire run and, you know, I'd love to see them play Kawhi and PG in the playoffs. I'd love to see them play Giannis in the playoffs. Like, there's more duos I need to see them go up against. I'm going to give my number one only because I have no idea who your number one is unless I'm just missing someone obvious here. But uh, my number one was Kawhi and PG. Okay. I-, I love what I saw from Paul George two playoffs ago when Kawhi went out. Last year, obviously, PG's are dealing with the injury. Uh, then he has COVID late in the year. Kawhi's out. I mean, we've seen Kawhi miss a year and then come back and win finals MVP. So I'm not worried about him. I just think that the two of them, what they can do on paper on both ends of the floor. And I think Paul George is, like, weirdly going to be historically underrated. But... Yeah. I mean, I, he's, I think he finished 11th in our top 100 this year. Like, physical tools, like shooting, defense, it's like, he has everything. He really does have everything handled. So, um, yeah, you know, there were some rumors, oh, maybe they would even trade him. Like, I thought that was crazy. Um and then Kawhi's Kawhi, man, you mentioned. it's He's like the original, I think I wrote in the top 100, the original two-way efficiency cyborg. The mid-range is just... It's not only the mid-range, but like I think he shoots like 40% from three like on yeah. pull-ups and not easy shots. Like, Yeah, man, he's, he's unbelievable.
4: Not enough is made of how dominant Kawhi was down the stretch in that Mav series mm-hmm. because... What he was doing defensively and offensively, it was like weapon of mass destruction stuff. Yeah, and they and the Clippers should have lost that series. Like the rest of the team wasn't playing mm-hmm. well, and Kawhi just took over down the stretch. It was something to behold. And the other thing that people forget is if he hadn't gotten injured against the Jazz, Clippers probably. Beat the Suns, yeah. honestly, and, and could have won the title that year. Yeah. So as much as people look at the Clippers and say, oh, man, like they've never lived up to the hype. Like they were pretty close to living up mm-hmm. to the hype. Um, so I, I my only question for the Clippers is, are you going to become like a full on Clippers homer now that you're in L.A.? I see you in the Dodgers hat. I think it's a good time to, to zag in the city of Lakers zombies. <laughs> be a Clippers guy.
3: I don't think that'll ever happen, but I do think if I had to pick one team whose games I'm going to go to more this year, it's going to be the Clippers.
4: Good. Yeah. Good. Probably like 20% of the media at the Clippers. Exactly. Yeah. More room to do your job. Yeah. I think that's smart.
3: Way more terrible in arena entertainment, though, I got to say. It's like a circus during every timeout. It's ridiculous. Like, that's one thing the Lakers get right.
4: Interesting. Well, yeah. we'll have to ping Lee Jenkins and get him on the case. Let's. I really should. The I really atmosphere. should hit up Lee and be like, "Listen, man,
3: let me run the in arena ops. This is a joke." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, my number one, uh, which did not make your list at all, Zion Williamson and Brandon. Wow, Ingram. he did down it. there in the bayou. Wow. Okay.
3: Okay. I want
4: everyone out there, everyone out there, part of the Open Floor Globe. If you're part of the Open Floor Globe, come be a GOAT as well. I want to prepare everybody for a 55-win Pelican season where Zion and Ingram are both all NBA and just take the league by storm. It's the best story in basketball through the regular season. I don't think they defend at a high enough level to actually contend for a championship. But save that, I I think that like the sky is the limit, like conference finals, like I think this team can really do some things. And this is dangerous, but like this is the last year we can buy all the way in on Zion. Like if it doesn't work this year, it's officially not a coincidence. He's got a lot of the injury issues that we worry about with Embiid. but I, I, right now, there's a chance that like he's ready to turn the corner and just turn into a, a destroyer of worlds again. And Ingram, I, I've he's been my guy for years now, and I, it, he's in the Booker category where like he gets fifteen to twenty percent better mm-hmm. with each passing year, and um, he was great in the playoffs. Very excited about the possibilities for my Pelicans.:
3: Well, I know you've actually been like Brandon ingram Ingram Hive, your like his entire career. Oh, yeah, and you've always wanted him to be better than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And as a hater, I respect that. Like I really respect that. <laughs> as, as a hater of all things DPRB, I think that that's a beautiful sentiment that you have. This is Listen, a man.
4: can I tell you one thing about the Celtics? If they had Brandon Ingram instead of Jason Tatum, they would not have been... Clueless at how to solve the Warriors'
3: half-court defense. Okay, that defense is a hot take. That four, is a five, and six. Absolutely hot take. Look,
4: just putting it out there. Ingram's not the, the same defender, but he's a more skilled offensive player in the half-court. But, you know, it's fine. People people will see eventually. I, I suggest everybody follow one of my favorite Twitter accounts, at IngramAlerts. It gives you his <laughs> oh my god. stat lines oh my um, god. noteworthy stuff. Uh, social media moments all the Ingram you you could ever need
3: that is wow that is you not only did you put them number one then you double down with that take I'm blown away right now (laughs) even as like the number one like Celtics truther like Mm. trying to shine a light on the propaganda that we see in the NBA media that is a take I was not ready for I mean, listen, thank you for the timing. You know, Zion Williamson on the cover of the most recent issue of Sports Illustrated. Pick it up on newsstands. Check out the story written by Howard Beck. Um, I mean, I think Zion and Ingram are going to be fantastic. I think the Pelicans are going to be fantastic. But, wow. I mean, I, I want to see them play one <laughs> playoff minute together, maybe, before i ready to put them at number one. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the heat coming off this dude. I don't know if this is just because you're in a different podcast playground than you're usually in, and you feel like <laughs> yeah. you can. It's like a little Beverly Hills cop. You're like, I'm just I, listen, bro. You know.
4: I am exploring the space today. All right, <laughs> you gave me an ambiguous assignment, and I took I took advantage of the room to sort of draw outside the lines here. And Zion and Ingram, they score. 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100 in my what I'm excited <laughs> about next season category. And so that gave them the edge over li- like literal NBA champions can like Giannis I, and Can Kawhi. I give
3: them... I'll give you my Pelican State because I think they definitely finish higher than the Timberwolves in yep. the Western Conference standings. And I feel bad because we get a lot of Timberwolves emails. Shout out to our, you know, fans from Minnesota, of Minnesota. But I think that Zion... It's... Like Zion coming back means so much more to me than Gobert joining the Wolves. Mm. Um, that I think the Pelicans, I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow snuck into a home court spot. Like, cause if Zion stays healthy, they're going to care about the regular season. Willie green seems like the coolest coach in the NBA. Um, wow. What's your, if I had to put you on the spot right now, where's the, when does the Pelicans season end this year?
4: Uh wow! You are putting me on the spot. I want to say conference finals. Wow. It's hard. To, it's it's really hard to elevate them beyond the Clippers and Warriors. So I, well, I don't know though. I mean, do the Warriors? Are we sure they finish top three? I think the Clippers are going to have the best record in the West.
3: I think the Nuggets are going to have the best record in the West. Hmm. Jokic see, doesn't I, miss games.
4: It's true. Yeah, and and if if Murray is healthy all year, mm-hmm. they're going to have as good a shot at anybody as anybody. Um I will say conservatively second round for the Pelicans. Winning a first round series would be a success mm-hmm. for them. Absolutely yeah no and i, I the love the round. supporting cast trey murphy a, a young guy to keep an eye on dude. just bombing threes out there Grand herb, Theft jones. Alvarado, herb jones oh my god let's walk through squad. all the pelz propaganda they, have, they man. have a
3: squad dude do we, we need to do a thing where like the first month of the playoffs you and i are just renting a house together in new orleans i'm I yeah mean. <laughs> <laughs> just, talk to yeah. talk
4: to sports illustrated
3: Bro, what do you? You got multiple podcast money. It's what are you true. talking about? You got, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you, you got the strategery bag. You got the goat. Oh bag. man! Listen, yeah. you guys just sell some more t-shirts and we're good, dude. Rent can't be that expensive there.
4: Uh, listen, I'll start setting money aside, and I'm sure. Yeah, you're right that renting a place outside of New Orleans or even inside the city yeah. can't be that expensive. So let's let's book it. Mid April to mid May, yeah. you and I in New Orleans hitting Dude, the town together. We could do some like walk food into blogging. Cafe also, Dumont
3: every morning, <laughs> bring Alice. Like it doesn't have to be. You know, it can be a family thing. It doesn't have to be just us. I think there's a 100%. lot of potential in this idea.
4: <laughs> Alice said to say hi to Rohan. As there I we go. This podcast. So. Heck
3: yeah. Um, we absolutely love to see it. All right, Sharp. Yeah, you did not disappoint. I was like, who would bring the most heat on this list? <laughs> You left off Chris Paul and Devin Booker, put Zion and Ingram at number one. Number one. (laughs) I'm very impressed. I'm very, very impressed.
4: Well, it's always fun to see you. It's always fun to reconnect with the Open Floor Globe. And everybody, subscribe to The Goat and Sharp Tech. Sharp Tech, half our episodes are free and open to the public. So you can go to my Twitter And there's information on how to subscribe or just find us on iTunes and enjoy the free shows. So um, we're going to have fun this year. And the NBA season starts in six days. (laughs) So it's getting real pretty quick. I'm I'm psyched.
3: It will be. Yeah, it's going to be shocking. I can't wait for that first night of Inside the NBA. That's always the that's what really does it for me. You know, you know, Chuck's going to have all kinds of takes on what's happened this summer. It's um, gonna be great. Sometimes to get myself hyped for the NBA season, I watch like a 30 minute video. It's like an inside the NBA compilation, and it's like Charles Barkley <laughs> roasting everybody. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, I'm gonna need you yeah, to send me that video. I, will. I
3: absolutely will. Uh, well, until then, that will do it for today's episode of Open Floor. Once again, our huge thanks to Andrew Sharp. He's right. You should go subscribe to his podcast. That's the greatest of all talk, the Goat Podcast, with our old friend Ben Golliver, as well as Sharp Tech. Uh, please keep your emails coming openfloormail at gmail.com we have another very special guest later this week that you guys are going to be very excited for until then enjoy the NBA offseason what little we have left
0: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked.